Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Hey, we just want to say thank you for making this message a part of your week. Our prayer is that these messages will inspire you to make the name of Jesus famous in your life and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we'd love for you to visit our tribe fam in person. To learn more about us, you can find us online or at Facebook by searching tribejh.com. Everybody doing all right this morning? Yes, that's awesome. Uh, you can, uh, it can be at your discretion, kind sir, whether you keep it open or close it. <clears throat> so here we are. Welcome to Tribe. You probably didn't know that as you were coming to church today that you'd be sitting on the front row. When's the last time you sat on the front row of church? You lean forward. You're like on the worship team here, but... This is uh, what God has for us. This is the venue and the format that he has for us in the middle of COVID, whenever that was. Uh, we were meeting at this uh, hotel conference room, and we were, we were packed in here. There's over 100 of us, and we had this amazing space that we were renting, and then COVID hit, uh, kicked us out of that space, and we were meeting outside in backyards and uh, online and different places. And then the, the Lord spoke to our leadership team and said, Hey, I want you to buy something here in town. And we're like, Oh, right in the middle of COVID. And we ended up buying this spot where we're like, well, what it's great for offices and meeting space and counseling, things like that. But where are we going to have service? And then God's like, Oh, you'll see. And so for two years now, we've been having multiple services here and this venue was a part, I believe, of the Lord's plan to disrupt my paradigm for how we do church. We've all probably grown up going to church where you've got the congregation and then you've got like the people on stage, worship leaders and the and pastor and the teacher and all, you know, all their thing doing their thing. But this really makes it difficult for, for the people on the stage to be separate from the people in the congregation. And if you look at scripture, it's, you, you have to look really, 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 really hard to see any kind of difference between or distinction in the body of Christ. Like in, when you look in Acts... All you see is the church, the church, the church. Now, there were some prominent figures, but I love how God has completely disrupted my paradigm of what it means to do church by squeezing us in multiple services into this cozy little atmosphere because it's so much more conducive to us having a conversation about what we're going to talk about. Uh, I still usually, whenever I'm up here, I still usually get to pick the topic, um, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on my heart. But well, even then, sometimes in the middle of it, we, we get drawn off on a really good rabbit trail. But instead of just me talking, I really want this to be a conversation. I want you to engage with the, the whole service and how we talk about what it is that we're going to talk about today. Well, what does that actually mean? What does that look like? I love to hear your questions, your comments, and your connections. Oh, I was thinking of, like if you have a, a connection, 
I want to hear it. If you have a question, I want to hear it. I want us to be able to engage with this material together for two reasons. Number one, I think the church has looked way more like this than it has what we've grown up in just our lifetime, right? And number two, I want to remove, I want to remove any, I want to strip away some of the layers of, of mystery or undue uh, um, lionizing or idolizing of like the, the, the person up here. Uh, it, you don't have to spend much time around me at all to know that I'm very, 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 very normal with nosebleeds and everything <laughs> right before church was starting this morning. And so it's really easy when the person's up on the stage and they're distant and, you know, maybe you only hear them on podcast or maybe you only see them, you know, on the stage and the lights and th- like, like, oh, but, but I believe that as we get closer to the return of the Lord, church is going to, the church is going to look way more like how it used to look than how we grew up with it in, in this generation. I'm not poo-pooing church in this generation. Still, It's still effective and it has its place here in North America. But I believe that the Lord is wanting us, leading us gently to a place of transition so that instead of just me up here or the, the stage and the person, but you would walk away from here, even this morning, being like, I mean, that guy, like, he, he didn't really do anything like that I couldn't do. And there's nothing that, there's no degree that you need. There's no qualification or certification that you need to be able to open up God's word, to be able to hear from the voice of the Holy Spirit, to engage with the Lord in, in understanding the text and then discussing and talking about it with people that you work with, people that you, that you hang out with. As Moses said in Exodus, would be to God that all of you could prophesy. They were all coming to Noah to solve the problem, and, or excuse me, to Moses. And Moses was like, geez, guys, I wish, like, I wish you would like, solve your own problems. In a similar way, I want to see all of you. I've never said that. Figure it out. In a similar way, would be to God that all of you would lead and love and shepherd people that God is calling you to. Like, like, why can't why can't you be pastor? Why can't your peers look to you as a pastor, a shepherd, uh, a teacher of the word? Like, oh, when you when when they have questions, they don't come to me because I don't know them, but they come to you because you know them, and you're like, ah. Oh, well, let's just get into God's word together. Let's invite his presence together. And, okay, that's enough of that. <clears throat> yeah. Are you picking up what I'm putting down, everybody? The title of this morning's conversation is The Coming Shaking. The Coming Shaking. And if you remember last week, I told you that I wanted to share several stories as the Lord allows uh, from my time in Italy, I just went to go get our daughter, Sela, who was playing soccer over there for a year. 
she just got done with the season and I went over there to pick her up and yeah, we had to do some climbing and adventuring and stuff and that was pretty cool. But several things happened to me over there. Uh, encounters with the Lord or, or things that the Lord whispered to me that some of those things, uh, I feel like uh, he's releasing me to share with you guys. And I thought I would start with the most painful or difficult one first. And so um, this, so we're, we're going to get into, we're going to discuss God's word, but then it, I want to, I want to tell the story to you about what happened to me. And it's very humbling for me. It's, uh, I don't know if I would say shameful, but it's certainly embarrassing uh, what happened to me. And uh, I feel like I got to eat a, a big slice of humble pie when it happened. And then uh, as we have this conversation today, it's just, uh, man, I am such a dumb dumb. Um, and today is also uh, the Pentecost. Christians call it Pentecost. Uh, in the Jewish feast calendar, it's called Shavuot, and it happens 50 days after Easter. Can you guys believe that we're already 50 days after Easter? I feel like Easter was just yesterday. I think part of the reason why is we've kind of been in like the same weather pattern since Easter. <laughs> it's been quite a mud season. Here in, here in Jackson Hole, we don't have four seasons, we have five seasons. The fifth season happens between spring and summer, and it's called mud season. The ground is still frozen, but the top three inches just kind of melt in all the rain and the snow, and the water doesn't go anywhere, so it's just everything's muddy. So at least at our house. I feel like we've been in mud season for a while, but this is also the festival of Shavuot. Um, do you have that, that picture? I want to just show you just really quickly a graphic um, of this. You can take a picture of, oh gosh, I need a high res version of that. Can you, is that all right? Can you read that? Yeah. Oh yeah, just squint your eyes and it's less pixelated. Yeah, this one's a little fuzzy. All right, so everyone direct your attention only to this one. Uh, but we see the Feast of the Lord, and just above that red line, the Festival of Weeks, or Shavuot, and uh, it's also known as Pentecost. And you're familiar in Acts chapter 2 when uh, a group of disciples were gathered in the upper room, and, and suddenly the sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the room, and then there were tongues of fire that rested on them. They all began to speak in tongues and prophesy, and then Peter stood up and he preached to a group of people in Jerusalem at the result of his preaching. How many people got saved? 3, About 3,000 people got saved that day. And so what's really cool is Shavuot, or, the, the, or Pentecost, as Christians call it, all of these feasts and festivals are designed by the Lord to trigger our memory and to get us into a habit and a pattern. And, and one of the words that's used is called a rehearsal, just like you have a wedding rehearsal so that you don't look like a bunch of like, like chickens with their head cut off on the actual day of the wedding. But you rehearse these things in the same way God established these feasts in the hearts of the nation of Israel as a rehearsal for us because the feasts are a type and foreshadow of either something that has been fulfilled in literal physical uh, history or 
is going to be fulfilled. Now, the festival of Shavuot is, is 50 days after Easter. And just really quickly about that, that harvest, you... You take grain and you make a wave offering before the Lord as uh, uh, letting the Lord know, like, thank you for the spring harvest and thank you for being so good to us throughout the winter months. We, we love you. It's also the feast where they celebrate the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. But has the festival of Shavuot been fulfilled? Yes. Yes, it says right there that it's been fulfilled. But we have yet to see the literal fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and tabernacles or booths where God makes his literal physical home on planet Earth. President of the world, Jesus Christ, who will rule and reign from the capital city of planet Earth in Jerusalem as scriptures prophesy. Some of these feasts have been fulfilled. Others have yet to be fulfilled. And we'll talk a little bit more about Pentecost and, and the, the festival of Shavuot as we continue on. But what I'd like to do now is for us to turn to the book of Haggai. Now, that can be a tough book of the Bible to find if, you're, if you've got your OG paper Bible with you. How I usually find the book of Haggai is find Matthew in the New Testament and then go left just a little bit. And then you'll get to Zechariah and then you'll get to Haggai. And, if, you're, and if, you are, if you have your phone, your phone will just find it for you. Haggai, chapter 2. And would somebody, Gretchen has the mic there, so the mic, your voice won't come through here, but uh, our friends and family and our discipleship campuses uh, on the live stream will get to hear you because they want to hear you. Let's read verses, chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. Somebody can read a few verses and then hand it off. There we go. Jacob, who's not in the sound booth, in the production booth today, mm -hmm. he gets to Thank sit you. here and hold hands with his fiance, <laughs> whose birthday it is today, Gretchen. Yeah. Happy birthday. Speech. Happy birthday, Susan. Oh, oh Susan's birthday. Susan. <laughs> All right. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak. Dude, you're doing good. The high priest and the remnant of the people saying, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, Zadak, mm -hmm. the high priest, and all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. Hmm. Keep going. To nine, oh. or hand it off. We're at five. Good, give it to Amanda. 
verse five. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. It is just a little while and I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Ooh. Quick background on the prophet Haggai. If you remember, the nation of Israel was warned by the Old Testament prophets, you, you've got to come out from among the nations. Quit worshiping their gods. Love me alone. Let's do this together. If you don't, you will come under my chastisement, my hand of discipline. Israel didn't listen. The hand of discipline that brought about correction was the Babylonian Empire. For 70 years, the nation of Israel was in captivity in the nation of Babylon. After 70 years, just before the end of the 70 years, the prophet Daniel saw Old Testament prophecies and he began to pray about the return of Israel to their homeland. In year 70, uh, 70 years after their exile, there, were, there was a remnant of people that began to come back to Jerusalem. One of the first things that they did was to rebuild the temple. The temple that was there in Jerusalem previously was built by King Solomon, and it was magnificent. Thank you. It was sacked and destroyed, but now these stragglers... Really, really religious um, uh, enthusiasts, these people that were really passionate about following the leadership of the Lord came back to the land. They made the trek from Babylon back to Israel, and they're in and around Jerusalem. They're rebuilding the city walls, and they start to work on the temple. And if you read some of the other contemporary prophets at the time, some of the people are, are, are cheering and they're really excited, like, yay, the temple's being rebuilt. Some of the people that remember the old temple, they're, they're crying. And so there was this, this, a lot of emotion in the crowd, some people crying, some people cheering. And God sent the prophet Haggai, among other prophets, to stir up the hearts of the people to continue doing the work of rebuilding the temple. And I love what it says in Haggai chapter 1. Uh, Brian, don't go too long on this, but it's so good. Verse 12 of chapter 1 says, When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel. Oh, you want a fun word study to do? Look up that phrase, to spark the enthusiasm. Well, what does that look like? It says, uh, of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. And they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. 
When you look at that phrase in Hebrew, to spark the enthusiasm, it comes with the image of a mother eagle who has, has determined that her little, what do you call baby eagles? There we go. I knew it was something. I kept thinking chicklets. <laughs> Eaglets. Like piglets. A baby eagle, a, a furry pig with wings and talons and not a snout but a beak. So not really like a pig at all. When the mom decides, all right, it's time for the baby eagles to learn to fly from the nest. She begins to hover over them and beat her wings vigorously to create this turbulent wind. And the baby eagles, to stabilize themselves, who've just been in the nest, they're like, whoa, they, they start to stretch out their wings. And the way that wings are designed to create lift, right, with all that wind moving over these baby eagles' wings, oh, and the mom does that and does that and does that until finally, literally, the birds are like swooshed out of the nest and they have to fly. Jin and Colin are like, okay, all right, so that's what we got. Yep, start flapping. Start flapping. But in the, in, that's the imagery around that word, to spark enthusiasm. So the prophet Haggai is, is, is inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to speak words of encouragement and enthusiasm to flap the, his wings over the remnant that's come back. And in what we just read, these are some of the words of the prophet Haggai meant to encourage the people to continue the work that God has for them. And I don't know about you, but man, there are just some days and some seasons where I just need the Lord to encourage me. And what the mom eagle does not do, the mom eagle does not say, well, just here, just get on my back and here, let me flap your wings for you. But, but we all need comfort from the Lord, but his comfort oftentimes comes in the form of imparting strength to us so that we can stand up underneath whatever it is that we're going through. It's, wouldn't it be great if we could just cry out to God and he would just make the circumstances go away? But he comforts us by giving us strength in the midst of our difficult circumstances. God didn't just go and make the temple appear but he sparked the enthusiasm of the people working on the temple in the midst of their difficult work so that they could continue working. But I want us to focus on verse 6. Do I have just, well, that's a lot up there. Do I have just verse 6 up there? There we go. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth the oceans and the dry land. Now let's think about... Just a little while. I need to say that part. Y- yes, yes. Yeah, we, we do in just a little while. We've been waiting for that because this verse is quoted in Hebrews over a thousand years later. And it's, it's quoted by the author of Hebrews who I 
personally believe that it could be a woman who wrote the book of Hebrews. Pretty cool to read the book of Hebrews thinking about a female author. There's some, there's some kind words, there's some tenderness, there's some compassion in there. The, the authorship of Hebrew is unconfirmed, but some people think that it, it could be a woman who wrote that. That would be really cool. Um, it's quoted in Hebrews, this passage, in, in allusion to future happenings. So for 3,000 years, we've been waiting for this in just a little while. What I want to focus on is a few different words, but I will shake again. So that means that he has sh- shaken the heavens and the earth. What? Did you read my notes? <laughs> Uh-huh. Come on, tell a, take the mic and tell us a little bit more. So, yes, waiting in verse 6, it is to come, but when he did it before, it was from Mount Sinai when all those Israelite yahoos weren't obeying, and Moses was trying to get him to. And um, Yeah, I don't remember what it says exactly, but it was like a visible, whatever Joyce said today, it was like a visible, his voice was... You could see his voice and hear it shaking. What was that like? Yeah. So. Yeah. Have any of you ever been in a big earthquake and you could like hear it coming before? Uh huh. Uh huh. So we were talking about that last week. At Mount Sinai, after God led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, they went to Sinai. God came down on Mount Sinai. He revealed his presence there, which is part of what the festival of Shavuot is about, the giving of the law. And when he gave the law, as he appeared on Mount Sinai, there was a great shaking. The Bible describes it as a tremendous earthquake. And so that's the first time that is, that is referenced here that Haggai is reminding the people of. And he says, in the same way that there was a shaking on Mount Sinai, there's going to be a future shaking. And this verse came to my mind as a result of an experience that happened to me on the way to Italy, and I would like to share that story with you now. (laughs) So, (laughs) thank you. You too. Yeah, but they're now across from each other. <laughs> so uh, my itinerary took me. The airport in Jackson is closed. My itinerary took me from Idaho Falls to Phoenix, Arizona. From Phoenix, Arizona, I was going on an overnight flight uh, to. I think it maybe went straight into Rome. From Phoenix to Rome. Phoenix to London to Rome. And I've done like a decent amount of, of international travel and I can, I can, if I have to, find my way around. Um, a lot of my independent like hunter-gatherer skills um, dissolved when I got married because, because my wife is so amazing. When she goes away on a trip, I quickly like turn into like a helpless little fawn. <laughs> unable to like feed myself or protect myself. Um, but I was traveling without listen. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. 
And I get to, we, we, Lissa drops me off in Idaho Falls and, you know, I do all my thing. I check my bags and I wait and I fly into Phoenix and my, my app, my American Airlines app wasn't working very well. Um, but I was like, it's all right. I got all kinds of other things. I got my, they did not issue me boarding passes um, for my flight in Phoenix to London. You know, you got to go and check in the thing and all this stuff. So, so I get off the plane in Phoenix and I'm kind of like, you know, boop doo and I'm excited and I've got like, I made like a little airport playlist and, you know, it's like me. And uh, I get off of my flight in Phoenix and I go to the first American Airlines gate agent that I find and I say, hey, where are international departures? Like at DIA in Dallas, you know, like sometimes for international departures, they have like their own concourse. And she said, where are you going? And I said, Rome. And she goes, oh, that flight always leaves out of wherever. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I head to that gate. I get to that gate. I see the departure or the destination city um, or, or London. or No, I think it went from Phoenix to Rome. Um, and, and I saw Rome right there, the time the time of the boarding, departure of the flight. And I'm like, okay, yep, look, looks right. But the departure time has changed. Like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. My, my um, app wasn't updating, and I had like three-hour layover before that flight started to leave, so I got time. I went, had a burger, walked around the airport. As it got time for that flight to start boarding and, and loading, I went to, and I had my COVID test. I went up to the gate. It had been like, three, four hours or so. I went up to the gate, I stood in line, and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be great. I cannot wait to get over to Italy to see Sela. I, uh, other people are like checking in at the gate and I, and I hand the lady my passport and say, I didn't get boarding passes for my international connections. Can I get that, my seat assignment? She's like, okay, clickety-click. I don't know why, okay, this is not gonna be a big, divergent but why is it the rest of the world is using touch screens and mouses but like our travel our airline travel industry are still clicking around on keyboards and she's clicking clicking and 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 she does a, like a lot of clicking and i'm like hmm like some clicking is to be expected right a little the more keystrokes that are happening my anxiety is beginning to rise she goes sir we have no record of your flight i'm like well check again <laughs> click 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 and and i see i see my app isn't updating but but i mean i mean i have my like flight record locator number whatever and and she's like well let me see it and I hand her my phone, and she looks, she looks, and she hands her phone back to me, and she says, this is British Airlines flight number something something. You're at the wrong gate, sir. And clickety click, click, click. Your flight left two hours ago from on time from gate na 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 na. Anxiety. 
Yeah, yeah. And the, 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 the embarrassment. I go, thank you very much. No, no, I, I actually said, well, can I just buy a ticket? Can I just get on this flight? Like anything it takes to get me to grab my little girl in her arm. She's doing fine in Italy, by the way. But like, I felt like, you know, like Liam Neeson, like I needed to get there. <laughs> and, and she's like, clicking. she goes, we have one seat available. And I'm like, well, uh, whatever it takes. She's like, but you can't buy it here. And I'm like, well, can I buy it? And so, uh, and, and during the midst of like the, the back and forth and people are late. Oh, and I've got probably the world's largest case of FOMO of all time. And so like I see people getting on the flight and I'm like, well, I want to go with them. <laughs> Long story short, can't get Sorry, sir, there's nothing I can do. I turn around, I walk away from the, the counter and I like, I don't even, I don't even know, I don't know where I am. I don't know my own name. I don't know like where I've been my whole life. I'm just like, I'm so disoriented. I call Liz and she's like, what? Cause like she's working on a lot of other things too. Like Moses would be to God that you could travel to your own destination without <laughs> me having to hold your hand, fix your own. Fix your own. Well, figure it out. You know, from like the Jason Bourne, we talk about that whenever we're like in our family. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yep, 500 meters, turn left. You'll see an air duct? Yeah. <laughs> Get on the plane one way or another. Don't come over without that. So I go to the American Airlines desk and and I I explain a no not yet not yet I explain a version of the story to the American Airlines person she's like yep that flight left I see that you were on you're you were supposed to be on that flight uh, and she's like what happened and I'm like I, I and then like my mouth filled with sand because. I wanted to say, well, the American Airlines app wasn't working to tell me what gate and the time. And like, usually if you have the app, like it'll even tell you, like your flight is now boarding, get your butt over there. Um, uh, I, I wanted to blame the app. I wanted to blame the, the American Airlines gate agent that I asked as soon as I got off my flight and she directed me straight there, but it was the wrong flight and airlines. Um, my mouth just filled with sand, and I was like, I, 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 I don't know, but what can you do? She goes, well, there, you know, you're just going to have to rebook, and, uh, and I can't do that here. You're just going to have to get online. And so it's about 10.30 p.m., Phoenix, Arizona. I'm at the counter, and the Lord goes, bing, bing, bing. I'd like to talk to you about something. Now, bing, bing, bing. Hey, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, can't you see that I'm in the middle of what in that moment was my life falling apart? I didn't like, as the woman's words were like telling me, sorry, sir, nothing I can do. Just have to 
rebook, I almost physically lost my balance because the news was so shocking to me. Now, I don't want to ever diminish any shocking news or, or maybe any, like, like s something traumatic that that's happened to you. Oh, you missed your flight. Wow, that's, like, horrible for you, Brian. I don't want to diminish any personal experiences that you may have had where you just felt like your world crumbled around you. I don't want to diminish it. This is just my story that I'm, that I'm sharing right now in this moment about, about an instance that happened. But I stepped away from the counter, and I could hardly keep my balance. It just felt like everything in the world had just like turned upside down on me. I lost my footing and it felt like the world around me was being shaken. And the Lord spoke to me and, and here's, here's what he said. I wrote it up on the screen. I said, okay, fine, what is it? And he said, before my son comes back, I will shake those things that people have been relying upon for their security so that they will not be shattered when he returns. So here's what I, what I, I did do that I thought that I could trust in. I did ask an airline representative the flight from Rome. And they pointed me in a direction. Was not the right direction. I did go straight to that gate and casually glance. <laughs> Rome. Yep, that's where I want to go. Done. I thought I was I thought I thought I was all set. There's a lot of things that I did not do that. Had I done them, I wouldn't be telling you this embarrassing story. I did not check the arrival departure board for myself. I was like, ah, it's a lot of numbers. We're, I'll, just, I'll just go off of what the gate agent told me. So I didn't check the ar uh, arrival. I did incorrectly rely on my app. I just thought, well, it'll update. It's never uh, led me wrong before. Eventually, it's going to update, and, it, and it'll give me the right information. I did not confirm my flight number. I didn't double-check the departure time and the gate number. I walked away devastated. I felt like an idiot. I felt like I failed. Selah, I had looked forward to the moment of my departure from the United States for weeks and months. I so, I was so excited for this. And then I missed it. I walked away from the counter. I wanted to be mad at the app. I wanted to be mad at the airlines. I wanted to be mad at, so, but it all just sat right on my shoulders. I thought I had thoughts like, well, I'll never get there now. And it was in that moment that the Lord spoke that phrase to me. That there are things that as Christians, 
the church has been relying on that will be shaken. And if your reliance is on some of these things, when they are shaken, perhaps even entire denominations will lose their footing and miss out and be shattered. Before I go more, because I have a few more things to say, I'd like to hear from you thoughts or questions or, or connections that you're making. I've done a lot of talking this morning. What, what's coming to your mind or what's bubbling up in your heart? Gretchen has her head on a swivel. I was just going to say something real quick that you left out, and this is not to embarrass you, but <laughs> but the thing that stands out in my mind about that story was the shame that came on you. Like, it, it literally crippled you because it wasn't me. I was like, all right, what do we need to do? I mean, worst case scenario, we just book another ticket. Like, whatever, you made a mistake. Like, from, because it wasn't me that had made the mistake, I was like, let's just fix it. Like, You'll get there. It might just be a little delayed. And yeah, you made a mistake and you should have this and you should have that. But okay, let's fix it. But with that and the shaking, I think what crippled you was the shame of it. Like I remember you, like, you were like, I just want to come home. And I was like, what? Yeah. You're like, I just want to come home. Like I shouldn't even be allowed to go if I can't even dot, 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 dot. But how often do we do that? Right? Like that's what I think is going to, a huge part that's going to play out in believers is a little shaking will happen and I think that people who thought that they were were firm in the Lord will be like wow that shook me and then the shame will set in in many of like gosh if that's all that it took you know and then they they know other things in life are going to happen I don't know. I just think that was really key to your story was, you're right, it wasn't that big a deal. It was a plane ticket. We'll get you another one. Like, we'll figure it out. The Lord always, you know, finds a way when we make mistakes. But you literally wanted to give up. Yeah. And I was like, what? You're already in Phoenix. Like, let's just get you a ticket. You're like, I just want to come home. And I was like, that yeah, was that spiritual. Was I mean, that was just spiritual attack, which is what the enemy will also add when the shaking comes. Uh, the one thing I was thinking about as well is uh, just the earthquake in uh, at the crucifixion. And it's just in Matthew, it says the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said this man truly was the son of God. So just like the crucifixion, it'll happen again when he returns. Mm. So. I think about... So good, Colin. I think about, remember in the Gospel of John, when the temple guards come to arrest Jesus, and Jesus says, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus says, I am he. And what happens to the guards? They all like, lost their footing. 
wait, I, I, I thought he was a religious zealot. I thought he was going to be a nut job. I thought, I thought this, I thought that. And then they saw him actually, and when he revealed himself to them, I'm he, I'm the one that you're looking for. What? Crumble, crumble, crumble. Um, I listened to this podcast the other day by Tim Keller. Um, it was a sermon that he did called Preparing the Way. And he kind of talks a little bit about this. Um, it was, uh, he kept saying that your root has to be in God. That has to be where your security comes from. And so if you feel despondent, ashamed, um, bored even, it means your root is bad because you're relying on something else for your security. Mm. 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 So I, I think something to consider this season and time that, that we're in. I mean, obviously, it may not be the great shake right now, but things are shaking. And we don't want to lose sight of the assignment that God has for us individually and corporately as a tribe family. And that means one of the things that could get us off course is like, like what happened to you, Pastor Brian. We, there, we will all experience something, what God told you. Something's going to shake us up. Hmm. But he wants us to finish our assignment no matter how we feel. And we, we've got to, like you, have to practice setting the feelings aside, so putting hmm. them in a, a suspension room and keep moving forward because no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we feel, no matter how bad we've screwed up, God has a place for us. He wants us to keep, mm. keep mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be the greatest Christian. We don't have to be the bib biblical scholar. We don't have to be anything but a human being that loves Jesus, and he wants us. Yeah. Yeah, come on. To keep yep. forward. Yeah. yeah. Then April has something. Yeah, the past couple of weeks, um, the Lord has been challenging me with things that I thought I was firm in. It's like, I thought I knew how faithful you are. I thought I knew how to trust. He's like, yeah, you do. But like, it's almost like I have two good days and a bad day, two good days and a bad day. And I was like, God, like, I want the freedom. I thought I had the freedom. He's like, it's okay. How quickly are you turning back to me? Was what he reminded me. He's like, you're not letting yourself spiral and go and feeling the shame and you know, mm. rolling around in the muck, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, you're turning back to me, mm -hmm. you know, faster and faster. Like, you're getting there, and it's just another level. So just encouragement yeah. to anybody else who feels like, I thought I had this. Like, I thought I was good. It's like, it's just another level, and you're turning back to me much faster than you used to. Good. I was just going to say one more thing based on what Gretchen said. I think we need to be careful to, when we do experience shame, not to think, oh, well, I'm not rooted in the Lord. It's what we do with that. Like, no, uh-uh, I am rooted in the Lord. I mean, because the enemy will try to put shame on you. I mean, he just will. Just because he does that doesn't mean we're not rooted. It's what you do with that if you allow that shame to take root and replace that foundation. I think... I am victorious. I will not fail. Mm -hmm. and, 
and pretty soon, you know, my, I am the head. I, I, I am victorious. But I have to have a talk with myself. Yeah. I'll tell you, the rest of my travel itinerary, uh, having prided myself on a good bit of international travel, thinking I had this, I was cautious. I was, I was not bopping around other airports and train stations and metro stations just listening to my airport playlist. I was sober. And I was double check. I, and I even thought like, why are you always like to listen to music as your people watching and walking? I was like, nope, I got to stay focused. And I had a lot of humility <laughs> that next day. I think let's going back to what you just said. My, for me, I, what I took away from that podcast and that sermon was I can use those things to get closer to God, to get more rooted to him. Because if right. I can say, oh, I'm ashamed, well, then what was I trusting in? And how can I trust God more? That's right. Yeah. And like you said, uh, what was shaken in you? It was the pride. Yeah. It was the pride that you had is what God broke down and said, you can't do it. It's not you doing this. Yeah. It's him doing it. And I think we've all had those moments where we were shaken uh, for whatever reason. And if you look back, I bet you can look back and say, okay, I was being prideful in whatever you were doing. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, that's usually the case. It's I'm thinking I can do it on my own. I can make this happen. I'm going to do this. And I forget about God doing it. And I think I'm doing it. And he reminds me of that. And that's when he tends to shake my world. Mm -hmm. As soon as I start thinking I can do it myself, he reminds me and I have to go, oh, you're right. You're right. It's not about me. It's yeah. about you. I so wanted to blame somebody or something else. I was frantically looking to absolve myself from responsibility of what had happened. And it was nobody's fault but my own. I thought, I, I thought of like, you know, a few quotes kind of bubbled up to me that, that um, a, a person might say in that day, um, I thought it, whether this has to do with the actual physical return of Jesus or, or that season, somebody's going to say, I thought I had more time. I just wait it, it, it's now this is happening now whatever this is I thought I had more time I thought I was good because my wife was running hard after God like aren't I kind of covered under her insurance policy like like my my wife's kind of been kind of carrying the load spiritually like I thought I thought that was enough I thought I was good because my pastor was running hard after God. But I'm a good person. I, I pray. I thought just reading my Bible occasionally and going to church was enough. One... I almost said one last verse, two, two verses, just really, really quickly. I think these are on the screen, Hebrews chapter 12. 12, 25 through 29. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Man, I was relying on 
muscle memory on on road on on things that that I thought were going to be stable and here's the thing some of the things they could be stable right now but in the days ahead God just slowly like removing those things that we had relied on so that all that is left is our total reliance on the leadership of his spirit and and the leadership of his spirit to illuminate this book you know how many cults have been started by this book without the spirit of god on it don't you dare think for a second well i got this and it's just going to lead me straight with only this and your human intellect it'll lead you straight into a ditch you need a relationship with the author of this book refuse to listen to the one who is speaking for the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses the earthly messenger we will not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven when god spoke from mount sinai his voice shook the earth his voice in our life will shake those things that we thought would be unshakable especially you young people like you feel like you're going to live forever i'm just turning 50 or wait you have a, we have two more years yeah, soon well the memory's already slipping <laughs> slow down buddy slow down See why I'm here for you baby. Yep, see. My heart feels like I'm uh you know like like how old am I? 47. You're 48. 48. My 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 heart feels like I'm like 28. The knees feel like they're 38, but there are other parts of me that feel like 48. And I can remember being younger thinking like I'm going to live forever. It's just it's not going to happen. We live in a fallen world and part of that fallen world is uh, for now a body that decays. Our earth suits going to wear out. Praise God, we'll get earth suits. We'll get a different kind of suit for our next assignment. Not an earth suit. Not an earth suit, a kingdom suit. Once again, I will shake not only the earth but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken. so that only the unshakable things will remain since we receive a kingdom that is unshakable let us be thankful and please god by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our god is a devouring fire he is ruthlessly and relentlessly committed to exposing things in our life that we have been trusting that are shakable not for the purpose of shame but to remove them and to purify our love and our affection and our devotion to God so that in the day of shaking on a national and global level when the rest of the world is and the wheels are falling off we stand rock steady confident in our relationship with our God so that the nations of the world come to us and say 
Why aren't you losing your mind right now? Well, let me tell you. So here's the question. How can we know if there's an area of our heart that we've been relying on that God is untrustworthy, that is shakable? Let me remove that now. Expose it in my life and in my heart so I can see it now so that I won't be thrown off like those guards that come and just fall on their butts. Is there a verse that comes to your mind that reminds you of it? I'm kind of looking at you because I think you come back to this verse a lot. I don't know if it's a life verse of yours, but probably should be. (laughs) You're like trying to read my mind. Uh, (laughs) What's Hebrews 10.23? Let us not forsake meeting together. That's a verse that says, that says, um, the one who promised is faithful. Mm, he is faithful. Ask your question again. Okay, how can we know? And then what tell me things, what you want me to say. <laughs> hold on, I'll send it to you. Uh, how can we know what things or systems or mindsets that we are trusting in that will be shaken? Psalms one thirty nine. Search me. Search my heart, O God, and know me. See, that's the one that you were thinking okay, of. Okay, guys, it's right here. We'll put it on the screen here. Okay. Psalms 139. Search me, O God. Go ahead, Amanda. Yeah. Read it off the screen. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And then I would add Psalm 143.10 that says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. You are my gracious spirit. Lead me forward on firm footing. Read that address one more time of the second one. Psalm 143.10. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Before the incident happened, you could have asked me, hey, do you trust the app? 100%. Hey, do you trust the the American Airlines gate agent to tell you where to go? 100%. But it was the wrong agent. Yeah. But that's my point. It depends on who you're asking. Right? And I didn't, I didn't, she gave you the right information, but that wasn't appropriate for you. Yep. Yep. You know, like someone else could come along and perhaps maybe trust her if the foundation was right. I'm just saying you have to be careful who you're asking what information. Yes. Are you serious about your faith? Are you serious about traveling to Rome today? Absolutely. It wasn't until all the things happened that I realized how casual I had been. Are you casual in your faith? Are you casual in your pursuit of the Lord? Well, I got time and I I come to church. I mean, I'm doing better than... Shaking is coming. Shaking is coming. Shaking is coming. God is going to shake 
your life as he shakes the nations of the world in preparation for the return of his son. He does this not to throw you off balance, but he does this to expose what's already in your heart that is untrustworthy and unreliable for the sake of you running into his arms. Is it better for a parent to clap and say, Hey! As a child starts to run out into the street or to let them run out into the street and get hit by a car. The shaking is coming. Those things that you thought you could rely upon will be shaken. And some of you in this room listening to the podcast and on the live stream if you do not allow the Lord to expose and remove those things from your life you won't just be shaken you will be devastated and shattered hear the passionate plea of a shepherd towards his the for the hearts of his sheep Allow the Lord to shake you for the purpose of removing those things that you thought were trustworthy. If you are visiting tribe, I pray that you met with the Lord today. If you're new to the valley and looking for a church home for this summer, I pray that that you would you would call tribe home as the Lord leads you. You now see how we roll here. Let me pray a blessing over each and every one of you. Would that be all right? Lord Jesus, thank you so much that in your compassion, you shake us now so that we won't be shattered as the days get closer for your return. Like Psalms 139, search our hearts, O God. Search our hearts. Burn like a fire in our hearts as we leave this place and go into our different nations that you're calling us to. I command a blessing over each and every member of our tribe fam. The jobs that they work at, the businesses that they own, every single thing they set their hand to, Lord, would your favor rest on that. And let them know that you're leading and guiding them. New ventures, stepping out in new ways, Send the word of your Holy Spirit to encourage the work of their hands, even though it seems daunting and it may seem like a long road ahead. Bless them in Jesus' name. We pray these things by the name of the strong Son of God, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I love you guys. I want you to have a great week. And remember, you got this.